The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willette. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience. I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Thanks for coming back to the show. This week, I have a very unique individual for you, uh, Daniel Rutt. So if you're not a a UK piercer, if you've never been to the BMXNet conference, you might not have experienced Daniel yet, Uh, but I thought it would be a a good moment to interview Daniel, bring him on the show. Uh, Quick trigger warning, we do talk about substance use, we do talk about sobriety, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I thought this year was the, the right time to interview Daniel. In the past, um, he's been in more of an altered state at conferences. This year, he had kind of a new clarity. So I, I just felt like now was the right time to talk to him because I really wanted to get his story about the insane collection of body piercings, of, of body modifications that he has. If you've ever attended um, one of my anatomy classes, Anatomy for the Body Piercer, or you've watched it on Patreon or something, um, you know that I talk about some like very rare piercings, and um, one of the reasons why they're so rare is because they're very risky. Well, Daniel has all of them, basically. Has a mandible piercing, meaning it goes from underneath the tongue and, and, and comes out underneath the, the jaw. Uh, has his uvula pierced, his Achilles heel pierced and stretched. Um, subclavicle piercings, and that's not a surface piercing, that's underneath the clavicle bone. Uh, and transcrotal and, and a whole long list of, of other stuff. So I, I thought that uh, it would be a, a good person to capture in time, get a good interview for you, and it's a, a pretty interesting conversation. A little bit chaotic, but I think that that's uh, Daniel's personality. So we'll get into that in just a minute. It's not one you want to miss. Um, I want to say a, a big thank you to everyone who signed up on my Patreon. Apparently, you all really like those new uh, narrated and, and subtitled piercing videos that I've been putting out. Uh, I've got a new one for you up right now all about floating navels. Uh, by the end of November, I should have another video about uh, doth piercing, daith piercing. I just finished editing that one. Still have to work out the subtitles for it, which I, th- I think is really the bottleneck for these videos. Making the video takes me a couple of days, and then subtitling the video takes me another couple of days. So it's, uh, it's tricky work, but I'll keep those going for you. I've got some more plans coming up uh, for December and beyond, but I'm going to save that until after the interview. I don't want to bore you too much. So let's just go ahead and get into this interview with Daniel Rutt. Stay tuned after where I'm going to be talking about an exclusive Ask Me Anything session for Patreon that I'll be holding in mid-December. Okay. Cool. Hi, uh, my name's uh, Daniel Rutt. Um, Also known as Daniel Liability Rutt. Um, A walking hazard, basically. Um, I have a studio, piercing studio up in Liverpool, down on Bold Street. Um, we go by two names. We started off as Cthulhu Rising. Um, it was really cool and edgy and based on a um, Lovecraftian fiction. Uh, but as we started to trade, uh, we noticed that people weren't as clued up on Lovecraftian okay. fiction as we so thought. What the hell is so Cthulhu? Yes, exactly. Yeah. What, what, what is the response we'd get from someone? How do you say that? <laughs> so we were just like, look, just call this Chaos for sure. Mm-hmm. Chaos Rising. I did try to change the name on Facebook, but it was just a difficult process to yeah. do that. Although I'm thinking of launching a new Facebook page with with the name Chaos, mm-hmm. um, just so it's a lot easier to track down and just to start a bit more fresh with my work, mm-hmm. uh, posting fresher fresher work on it. Um, a lot of the work on there is really outdated from back when we first. My started. website hasn't been updated in like um, more than five years. Well, so. it's got a lot yeah. of really old jewelry. You know what I mean? Sure. Like when we first started, like basic jewelry some of it might even be externally threads so it'd mm-hmm. be nice to just bury that and sure. start afresh with a pronounceable name mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> a more pronounceable too. name yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so I think the Instagram's been changed to Chaos Rising. Okay. So and then any like personal social media you'd want people to have? Or just social social media, Daniel Rutt. Um, I'm likely only going to add you if you're a body piercer for business or if you do look quite interesting. Um, otherwise, my inbox just gets cluttered with sure. random people. Um, I, I don't go much on Facebook anymore. I'm trying to cut my usage down so I can focus on more enriching products projects like reading it's, it's wild how much it does absorb and take over your life mm-hmm. um, I have a very short attention span so something like that will just absorb hours I think that that time. was one of the worst things about COVID is piercers just dove into Facebook yeah, and yeah, spent so yeah. much time in that space well I did but then I burnt myself out because I was constantly updating posting updating posting checking and then I was just like I'm exhausted of this yeah. come the second lockdown I barely picked up my phone yeah i was doing more creative things like painting well um so you know for lack of a better term you're a very creative person and you have like a multitude of piercings that sometimes when i teach classes i I use the phrase like unicorn piercings like things that you might never actually see in in the real world and you have like a collection of them, yeah basically. I do don't I yeah yeah uh, when I first got into piercing I really got a buzz off the excitement of getting it done the fear in getting it done and I just was you know it, it launched me into more scarier riskier piercings because I thought yeah that's going to be a really good adrenaline kick you mm-hmm. know what I mean that's going to give me that that liberating feeling that that exhilaration you know what I mean was it like um, related to the the risk or just like the rarity of like I think a bit of both yeah bit of both everyone loves to be a pioneer as well we all like like the idea of exploration of discovery um, so I kind of wanted to, to, to go into that aspect so it's a, a trio of things mm-hmm. um, but what really got me into piercing was the excitement of it that exhilarating feeling when you've had the piercing done feeling like a champion mm-hmm. like you've conquered something so as soon as I began to discover the more riskier ones I soon thought I need to conquer them <laughs> so I went and went and went and, 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 and went and did it uh, the first one I got was my mandible um, the guy was not really experienced <laughs> with doing it so I think it took two attempts one okay. was really angled were, um, were you a piercer at this point or were no, you a piercing enthusiast I was a piercing enthusiast okay. at this point I think through most of getting my extreme ones I was a piercing enthusiast or freelance piercing my friends sure. you know like no, nothing business related just for fun you know mm. meeting up and piercing each other for the laugh of it um, but no I wasn't a professional at this point um, probably if I was I'd have been a bit more cautious <laughs> so um, but yeah no I got my mandible pierced we had to do it a second attempt um, that healed all right it's not too painful entry point and exit point are the only two painful parts apart from that it's no man's land and was it really just crossing your fingers the piercer was crossing their fingers yeah pretty or? much okay. yeah 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 um i think the second time we got it all right um i'm not too sure actually because i think at one point i did have to sort of realign it a little bit in the mirror mm-hmm. myself at one point um so maybe it wasn't all there um the rest of the extreme ones i got or started to get once i met paddy um I went, it was around Christmas time, I went on a Christmas shopping trip with my family, and I said, oh, I'm just going to nip into the piercer to see if he'll pierce my genitals, as you do on a family Christmas (laughs) shopping trip. Um, But the piercer in my hometown just said, look, I'm not experienced enough to do this. So I went, I think it was just an apodravia, actually. So Mm. I went over to his studio and met him, and I said, look, can you do my apodravia? And he was like, yeah, cool, yeah, we can do that, no problem. And then I thought, I'll inquire about the others while I'm here, and I said, look, can do you know anyone that can do a uvula piercing? He goes, yeah, me. <laughs> so I got my apodravia and my uvula done that day. I wow. got a double uvula because he went a bit low on the first one and then the second one, which later on migrated. And then I went back to him and he re-pierced it again. And I still have it to this day. Wow. And I think when the first, when, when it healed all right with just one, we were like, let's not fuck about with two. <laughs> let's just have one healed yeah. one. One is rare enough. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can't be asked, like, risking them both falling out again. 
Um, but yeah, no, then he pierced, they pierced my epidravia that day. And then I inquired about my Achilles piercing, uh, which at the time he didn't have any idea that I was going to stretch. Uh, neither did I really. I think I only started stretching it because I had some really heavy swelling over Christmas and I didn't get a chance to see him. So I put a long barbell in it. Um, because the PTFE wasn't long enough, it had just really bloomed out. I think because I was working so much around Christmas, like an idiot, I thought, oh yeah, let's get it quickly. Yeah. I'm really excited to get it, and then was just traipsing around the shop floor <laughs> this retail job that I did hobbling about. But over Christmas, it bloomed out, so I sure. switched it to a long barbell, where I think the metal in the barbell wiggled it about and stretched it a bit so I could fit a larger bit of PTFE in it. What was like general healing time for something like that? Because like I... I it did take no a while. Concept. I'm someone that's always on my feet. I'm mm -hmm. always active. I'm always moving about. If I'm not working, I'm off wandering about, exploring somewhere. It's very rare that I will be off my feet. So the healing was horrific. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it really was. I think if I'd have had a bit more of a casual life of, um, you know, just sitting about and not moving, then it, it would have been an easier sure. smoother. But I made life difficult. <laughs> I'm always a, um, a sucker for making life a bit more difficult. Difficult and it was the, the same piercer to do the the Achilles piercing as yeah, the mandible. Yeah, 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 do, yeah. Do you no, no, the mandible was a different pierce. Okay. Paddy was the one who did the Achilles. Oh, Paddy did it. Yeah, intense. Yeah. Do, then, do you mind sharing the name of the person who did the mandible, or prefer not to? I think his name was Tiz. Okay. Tizzy. That's what we call it. I don't know. It was sure. some weird street name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was that much of an experienced body piercer, mm -hmm. which was quite funny watching him crap himself when I come in and I'm like, let's do a mandible. And he's like, oh. how, how heavily pierced were you at the time? Not too heavily pierced. Okay. I had a few lip ones, a few ear ones, but it wasn't as as many as I have now. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've got like a good twenty in my face alone. A lot of it's heavy gauge as well. Yeah. So back then, a lot of it wasn't heavy gauge. But I had a job. I had a retail job next. Um, so they were like, "Look, we don't mind you having piercings, but just don't." go too heavy sure. keep it at a level um, but they couldn't get rid of me I was such a reliable enthusiastic employee that could just take any shift they just they, they, they just couldn't get rid of me. You yeah. know what I mean? They, that was too much of a valuable asset. <laughs> I could just get as many as I wanted and yeah. um, they'd just be like, you know. My boss loved it. He was like, wow, that's really cool. That's really interesting. So I was really fortunate. Yeah, that's that's, that that's very fortunate because who yeah. knows what path you might have gone on if you were maybe limited in a certain way. Yeah, I know. So fortunately, you know, I was lucky in that respect. Um, then after that, I think I got my subclavicles done. Mm. Was it Patty as well, or yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah. So what, what, like, what was the the piercing method? Was that tool based, or just kind of like pinching and or just driving a needle Basically, through? Basically, I had to arch my collarbone so you could physically pinch mm. around it. Um, if you couldn't, then there would have been it would have been <coughs> safe enough to do that piercing. So you needed to be able to physically feel yeah. where you were going. So I would arch my shoulders forward so that I could um, so that you could grab the area mm. and then it was curved needle mm -hmm. through. There was a lot of pressure going through. It was really tough tissue. Yeah. So it did it was really intense and it did take a while to go through. It wasn't something as I would describe as pinchy that you get with most or that you know that the sharpness mm. it was more that pressure that force that like um, dull something's being cut but I don't yeah know exactly yeah what. very similar to like a conch punch you know mm -hmm. what i mean that dull pressure oh, yeah, yeah, there's no that. nothing pinchy but there is that intense pressure yeah. to it so it's very much along the lines of that really um that's that's one of the piercings where as you as you said you know uh it's kind of a cautionary tale almost when I get to certain stages of like an anatomy class and I talk about, well, there's the subclavian artery, there's the subclavian vein. It's potentially life-threatening. Yeah. yeah. It's, and so it's intense to see those piercings yeah, and especially yeah. multitudes of those kinds of piercings on one person. And it's like, you're up and living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then what was it after that? 
The subclavicles clavicles were quite funny actually because my parents had no idea I was going to get them. And then as I was on the way to Nottingham, they researched them and obviously they heard everything about them, like, well, this could be potentially life-threatening. So they did cause a mild panic attack with them. Yeah. I got home and they were like, are you all right? Mm -hmm. Like, is everything fine? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I just had these piercings and it all went well. Yeah. They was like, next time, could you tell us so we don't panic and worry? Um, after that, it was the transcrotal. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was a bit more complicated. That was a bit. That's more, more into body mod world. Yeah, 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 it was. It wasn't really a piercing. It was more body mod. <clears throat> Not too painful. Um, incision and then stitch around the edges. Mm -hmm. um, allowed me to heal up, and then it was just a case of getting a series of. Well, I started off with PTFE, and then I moved over to Delrin because I think it was a bit more smoother than PTFE. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a series of tunnels made. And over the years, I've managed to stretch up to 100 mil. That's four inches in, 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 in three inches. Three and a half, I think. I think about there. Inch. Yeah, 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 roughly about that. Um, 10 centimeters. Yeah, That's 10 centimeters. That's how much you have to be dilated to give birth to a baby. Okay. Oh, is it? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't want to put shove a baby through it. <laughs> That's child abuse. So wait, to, to, to step back a little bit, you say, you know, you had jewelry made because it's not like something like studios no, like, show me your selection of 100 mil so where, where were you sourcing that jewelry it was custom made stuff uh sebastian pop made me a load um i had one made by andy from south shore earlier on as i got bigger i think i got really pally with sebastian so he was like yeah i'll do you a really good deal on a series of transcrotal tunnels once i got past 40 mil i found that the weight stretched it mm -hmm. so I could jump up 10 mil at a time okay. I think it was the only piercing where I've ever been able to make such a massive jump up mm. and that's only because of the weight of my body um, and it dangling about <laughs> constantly moving that could stretch it um, currently I'm not wearing my PTFE tunnel in it anymore it was really awkward to wear it would chafe along my leg and I'd have to walk in a wide-legged stance because mm -hmm. of it dangling there um, I had to wear um, drop crotch trousers or baggy trousers because it was just just too yeah, much how do you accommodate something uh, like that yeah. but I've switched now to a series of steel rings which are surprisingly so more like a stack almost yeah wow. stack yeah steel ring sack um, I I'll show you a picture at some point because sure. it's pretty legend. It's really 90s actually. <laughs> I have a tattoo of uh, Nikolai Tesla on my thigh and it sits right next to his face. Cool. So it's like Tesla and his Tesla coil. <laughs> it's really <laughs> funny actually. But that's what I like about the extreme body piercings. They're novelty. They're, they're, they're a party piece, they're a party trick. Um, whenever I've been on a, on a night out, it's been really fun to just wow people mm. with these, like, whoa, look, I have holes through my ankles, or whoa, look, I've got this great big tunnel through my balls, you can stick your hand through my, you know what I mean? Just little party tricks It's like very that. like keeping the spirit of like, the 90s or BME alive yeah, because there, yeah. there definitely was that element before body piercing was what it is today where it's like tiny itty bitty pieces of gold and diamonds it was like big chunky intimidating oh, it was, like it? interesting yeah. things yeah I read a see a magazine once of this guy who was into body piercing and he'd put like a train set through a stretch septum or something like that it was really interesting and I think I really like the body piercing in the sort of no novelty aspect you know what I mean like whoa look what I've got this is something yeah. that you haven't seen before or you know just just a showpiece it was very sort of carnival-esque yeah. there's been so many parties I've been to where people have been like oh my god I can't and it's that that wow, that awe that you're inspiring. Mm -hmm. Whoa, that's amazing. You don't Whoa, get a lot of that reaction because, no. you know, even if you have somebody who's significantly pierced, a lot of people are just like, oh, that's so cool. I have my so-and-so. Yeah. It's very rare that you can show somebody something so intense or extreme yeah. that they're like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, so I really did get a good kick out of that. Yeah. yeah. 
So how did it how did it continue rolling on for you? Because you've still got so much. You've got those giant cheek piercings. Yeah, out. so I stretched out my cheek piercings. Um, I stretched them out so I could get some threaded plugs and wear my cables through them. You've seen that yeah, little yeah. necklace with the cable. Yeah, yeah I really cool like that. I really like novel the idea of novelty jewelry. Mm -hmm. Really, really cool, um, interesting show pieces. I think that's why I'm such a big fan of Sampa's range, Rusty Cyborg. It does feel like you're wearing like like a piece of, of, of art, a piece of Geiger's work yeah. in, in your body. Yeah. So I do try to fill, fill up my body as much as I can with his pieces. I like that. Um, I like the unique and unusual, you know what I mean? The stuff that you don't see all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, now I stretch these deep cheeks up. I did have a series of six but the ones closer to the front of my face would chafe on my teeth sure. and would drop the gum line. Mm -hmm. So I was like, no, I'm just gonna decimate my teeth <laughs> with these, so I removed them. These ones are quite safe. I'm in the process of getting some Labradorite plugs made for these. Um, I have them, but I just need a Delrin washer made just to secure them and keep them upright mm. so the weight of the jewellery doesn't angle down and cause leakage. So it's been a process. I mean, he made me them um, with titanium ends uh, we found out that that didn't work because my teeth are steel mm -hmm. and it was a mix of metal so it was like a galvanization kind it of it was yeah, yeah i could feel them stinging around my so teeth. you were like licking a battery all the time yeah it was pretty much like that so it was like right back to the drawing board the labradorite cabs are brilliant um it's just the backing that isn't so tam from australia uh, tam gannon he was like okay we can make some delrin backing for them and we can have a titanium wearable um, and we'll do that I got them recently still a few issues so I just need those Delrin washers just to sit comfortably I would imagine them. you would really have to find like a bespoke jeweler that that'll that'll work with your specific needs because it's Tam's not like really good Tam's really good because we're both on the ball so I'm like look this is where where things went wrong this is where we need to change and, and, and alter and I'm really precise with my measurements and what I need uh, I think Tam said look you're one of my easiest clients to work with because you know exactly what you want you know exactly how to mm -hmm. measure it um so it's, it's a, a bit of a learning process so um i sized down with my achilles recently they was at 14 mil um, i'd worn them at 14 mil for a few years um, which is just over a half inch if people can't do the conversion in their mind yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um i sized down to 10 mil which is about three-eighths yeah, yeah, I mean, sorry, no, uh, double zero. Double zero, double zero yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I started doing a lot of yoga recently, mm. um, and I found that the wear and tear from stretching on yoga was causing a bit of scabbing at the back of one. I, it terrified the hell out of me, to be honest, and I thought, shit, if I don't size down on these, I could potentially lose my foot. Mm. And I do not want that. Um, well, mainly because it will just be really, you know, like, awkward for me but it could be really damaging for the industry as well sure. you know what i mean you've got to think of these sure. things when you are experimental like look if this messes up this is going to put a real bad stain on the mm -hmm. industry this is going to put a real you bad know, mark to to bring it back to the bme thing i think that that is like almost like counter to the BME thing because sometimes people will get so excited to share it that they yeah. wouldn't be considered about these long-term effects but it's I think when I first really started getting into them way. when I first started getting into them I was like oh, I don't care who cares uh, whatever this is my body but I think as I've got older I've been like well look you know what I mean the, the, the people aren't going to see you as an individual they're going to see you as a collective mm -hmm. and it's not just you who they're gonna tarnish they're gonna be like everyone with piercings yeah. could potentially be like this so i sized down it was my cat that convinced me your like, cat <laughs> yeah because over lockdown i was chilling out with my cat and i was doing a lot of meditation i felt really in tune with my cat mm. and my cat kept biting at its leg and i was like you're trying to tell me something aren't mm. you and he would constantly gnaw like unnecessarily gnaw at his leg and his foot and i was like you are definitely trying to tell me something you have picked up that something is wrong yeah so i was like no i'm gonna size down 
and I, I, I messaged Tamra the very next day and was like, look, I need some 10 mil ones. Can you get me them? And is it Delrin that you wear in it? or what? what no, I'm wearing titanium. You're wearing titanium? Yeah, okay. some really nice titanium. Mm. Ever since I, I sized one down just to see how it was settled, just to see if that was the issue. And then I left one um, at the 14 mil. Um, I left it there for a while. Um, and then recently I took a video of me smoking a joint through it. I managed to practice yoga enough yeah, to pull my leg up that to that. Yeah, I managed to practice. So it took into. a while for me to practice enough yoga to be able to hold my leg there comfortably. <laughs> as soon as I did that video, switch. And ever since then, I'm a lot more mobile. I'm moving about a lot more. I have way more of an active life though. Mm. Like a few. So not not to get personal, and if it's not something you want to talk about, I can just clip it right out. But you know, you mentioned uh, last night that you've been sober for, from alcohol for oh, the past yes, year. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah, Lifestyle yeah. changes. So yeah, yeah, big lifestyle changes. I've I've been sober from alcohol for a year. Um, I quit around September, just after my mate Sean's birthday. Uh, we drank so much. Um, and then the next couple of days, because obviously with drinking, there's a three day sort of come down. Your body feels like crap, your head's all foggy, and then you're just absolutely fucking depressed. <laughs> like really depressed. And I just, I, I'd felt worse than I ever felt before. This was like, really intense suicidal thoughts you know really intense depression and I just said to myself there and then I was like I'm not alive to feel like this you know I, I do not exist to feel this way mm. why am I doing this why am I doing this to myself so I was like look I'm just going to take a break and just clear my head because everything it was a mess mentally there's the lockdown work was really busy and stressful there was so much going on in my mind I was just like I just need a break you know that mm -hmm. perfect silence from it all so I did Stoptober and that was a great success and uh, then it was the second lockdown and with the lockdown I went back with my family uh, my mum's got MS and my dad's partially sighted so it was nice to help them out with jobs at home uh, help them out with the shopping so it wouldn't just be on my sister to do that um, and as I, as, as I was about to come home there was like oh well you've done a sober October why not do a no drink November mm. my family hate me when I'm drunk I, I'll admit I am an asshole when I'm drunk so I was like I can't how can I do a Stoptober and then come back and drink with my family like I've been sober without them how can I do that so I did I did a no drink November and that went really well and then it was Christmas so I spent Christmas with my family I never drink over Christmas ironically enough I never drink over Christmas Christmas is the one day every year of my life you can guarantee that I've been sober weirdly enough it's just super family for me so I don't see the point I'm always having such a good happy time with my family so I didn't drink um, over Christmas then we got into another lockdown and I was like well there's no point in drinking um, I did wean myself off the alcohol with psychedelics mm -hmm. um, I found that quite useful um, but it was just causing me way too much psychosis towards the end of it I did notice like I would, I would just think really abstract thoughts abstract thought went off the radar. I'd be doing really abstract things. Um, I believed that I could see the future. There was one night where I woke my sister up in the middle of the night and I was like, someone's getting attacked in the park because I prophesized it's gonna happen. And the cat mittens has told me that this is gonna happen. Oh, and she no, was like, <laughs> she was like, Dad, you're on acid, just go to bed, mm. have a glass of water, sleep it off. Like we're not going out to this park. <laughs> you're just off your head. And it was then I was like right look you've weaned yourself off the alcohol using a psychedelic therapy don't deteriorate your mental health don't just or replace, it with, replace it with something else yeah um so yeah i've been that off there was a few weird spills up in liverpool where i went on a random episode of psychosis thought that some of his business partner was going to stab me put on one of these chainmail vests i had was running around drinking loads of water and chucking it on me ran that outside like <laughs> ran outside with a little pangolin statue on a cup and lost 
the flat that I was in. I was wandering down the street for ages with nothing but a little pangolin statue, an Adventure Time cup, chainmail vest, <laughs> lost <laughs> in yeah. my own street. Well, okay. Let's bring it back towards Bring prison. it back. Bring it back to reality. Sure, sure cool. yeah. So, jeez, uh, oh, I don't know where to, what, at what point. So, yeah, sobriety, in. sobriety. Sure. I feel a lot clearer, a lot more clear-headed. Yeah. It's amazing how much alcohol can affect you and, and the work around process you too. as well. Yeah. I went back to work and I was like, oh, my God, my focus is up. You know what I mean? I'm working at full capacity. Like, it would be rare that I'd go in to work on a hangover. I'd leave that for the Sunday or I'd recover. Um, but even then, like, a hangover isn't just a one-day thing. Mm -hmm. It topples from day to day. Yeah. You know, and when it overlaps, it just becomes your whole life. Yeah. And then you put yourself into this hellish perpetual cycle of, well, I'm really drained and hungover. Work's stressful. It's even more stressful than it needs to be because I've not got that full focus. I've not got that full clarity. Um, you're even more stressed uh, this will happen for three days if you drink at the weekend because you still don't fully recover from it till like the Wednesday or the Thursday you've had a stressful first part of the week then you realize that the weekend it's not so stressful moods elevated you're a lot happier oh wow it's the weekend it's time to drink again mm -hmm. you get excited mm -hmm. you're not excited about that you're just excited that you've recovered from the alcohol but you mistake that for the fact that oh I'm excited because it means that I can get drunk again and mm -hmm. it constantly snowballs so I mean what's that new level of clarity like because like just the interactions that you and I have had have been you know minimal like we, mm. we've had conversations and yeah. all that stuff but we haven't really like sat down for long no, periods no, of time no, we haven't. I've seen you here you know like I've seen you in maybe some some altered states where yeah. you know maybe you would agree that you weren't at your best in no, those moments you know no. But like instantly when I saw you yesterday, you had this whole different level of clarity and it was yeah. almost like you were a different person. Yeah, so. I know. I do feel like a different person. I've been practicing a lot of Nichiren Buddhism recently. Really thought that was good. Chanting a mantra I find is really good at helping to focus and recalibrate your mind because it's one constant that you're doing. So I will chant this mantra. The Buddhist mantra is really cool. It's Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, which means I dedicate my life to the cause and effect. No, the mystic law of cause and effect mm -hmm. so basically what it means is look you know the universe is bigger than me and I'll just dedicate my life to whatever happens mm -hmm. uh, whatever I put in I get out you know cause and effect uh, which I think is a really lovely mantra you know what I mean it's what will be will be and hopefully fortune will shine on me kind of thing and I do I chant this every morning and evening mm. that really helps I do a lot of yoga that increases blood flow I do a workout every day because I work out every day and which I have been doing for a year religiously um, I've conditioned my mind to naturally release out more of an endorphin count right. because before my exercise my brain is, the brain is advanced it goes right this we're gonna be working soon let's get the endorphin meter rolling so we're prepared for the strenuous activity that we're about to do. Mm -hmm. And it really has reconditioned my mind. You know, my focus is up, my, my, my mood's elevated, I'm a lot happier. Um, people can tell this though, you know what I mean? Everyone has, has, has an energy about It seemed pretty, pretty instant when I saw yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's a mixture of all this really good wholesome stuff that mm -hmm. I've been doing. It sounds bad, but the lockdown was really beneficial for me. No, I hate I, to I say that. I think it's like, you know, you have all that really time awful, for inflection. It's like, what are you going to do with that time? I, I thrive in isolation. When I first moved to Liverpool, I was incredibly lonely and I struggled to network and meet people and, 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 and find people. I'd spend a lot of my time just lying on my bed, miserable, going on Facebook. And then I said to myself, well, look, I'd rather be sad doing something than miserable doing nothing at all. So mm -hmm. I started yoga and work out and I built from there um, then practice more into this Nichiren Buddhism meditation and it's just slowly been piecing it up bit mm -hmm. by bit from there um, but it really has changed my life I think isolation's good I, I am a creature of solitude I like it because it's the perfect silence for your mind to focus you've not got all the chaos of everyone around you mm -hmm. um, 
you've not got that chatter it's just your own mind able to calibrate its own thoughts and i do thrive really well in a moment of solitude mm. so so to, to take it back a few steps um at what point did you find yourself moving from piercing enthusiast to prospective piercer well i start I, I was getting loads at the time and i thought to myself one day i'm probably going to run out of room or I'm not going to get as many or you know I'm, I'm, I'm going to run out of places that I can think to get or I'm going to end up absolutely covered <laughs> there will be no no room at all um, but then I thought to myself I still want to be immersed by it I still want to be around it I still want to be part of this experience you know if even if it's not me I'd, I'd rather be someone who's able to provide this experience for someone else. And when I started to pierce, I found that it was just as exhilarating as being pierced. Mm -hmm. You know, you do have that fear factor every time of, I need to get this right, I need to get this perfect, I can't mess it up. It's exhilarating, isn't it? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I love doing it. My favorite piercings are the really annoying ones to do. I love doing scaffolds, um, navels, um, filtrums, you know, the really tricky ones that make you think just a little bit more, not just dot, doosh, done. It needs to, I, I prefer more of a thought process. I love scaffolds. You've got to measure out that perfect angle. Industrials sure for the people who industrial, don't know that Industrials, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I just love it. You know what I mean? I love that excitement behind it. Unique projects where it causes you to sweat a bit. <laughs> you do, you have that fear factor. It is really exhilarating. How do clients kind of absorb your energy because like you have you have so much going on uh, you know does the the average client that walks the door are they intimidated or overwhelmed by I that think sometimes? The, the thing with me is because I've got so many unusual ones so many weird ones instead of being like oh my god this is someone really pierced they're wowed, they're intrigued. Oh my God, whoa, that's really interesting. I must know more. Mm. Which is really helpful because if they're in this intrigued state and I'm trying to sell them a piece of jewelry, they're going to be more receptive to this. Oh, whoa, they're what's glamoured. going on? Yeah, yeah, they are. They're glamoured in a way. They're charmed. Um, when I'm piercing someone, I always put uh, my on the phone to mum voice. Living so many years as a hazard, you learn to develop a really <laughs> calm, gentle voice so that everything's all right. Hi, mum, yes, everything's all right. I may have crashed my car into a roundabout, but I'm okay, <laughs> kind of thing. And I like, to, I like to, to put on this, on the phone on the phone to folks voice, this really calm and ensuring voice, which I've developed over the years <laughs> due to being such a hazard. So my, my voice is really alluring when I do speak to clients. Um, I like to be really humble, you know, if a client doesn't understand anything or if they're just being a complete ass, I'm like, well, look, you know, not everyone's an enthusiast. They're a novice. They've no idea what's going on. I don't condescend clients. You know, I'm really just sort of understanding of them. I'm really patient. I think with having extreme modification and horrendously stretching them, you do naturally learn patience over time. Mm. So I am very patient with clients as well. Yeah. So if someone is just being an idiot and just spouting a load of stuff, or if they're just not educated, I am patient enough to to listen and, and to respond and know how to respond. Um, I started in this industry as an absolute wreck, so I know what it's like to to, to be a novice and be irresponsible. And I can use my knowledge and I know how to go back down to their level and bring them up mm -hmm. instead of look down and tell them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think clients, they pick up on this. You know what I mean? They pick up on this humble energy. Um, you know, there's, there's no pretentiousness. We're all the same, aren't we? I'm just a bit more experienced in this due to being passionate about it, you know. And I think that's what you need to remember when you are talking to a client, you know. It's like going into a mechanics and not having a clue on how a car works and asking them to repair it and them going, oh, don't you know how to replace it? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I've not trained in this. It's the same kind of thing, really. And I think it's easy to forget this when you have a barrage of clients day 
after day after day. Mm. Um, that are clueless. <laughs> you know, it can it can drain you mentally. Have but you ever um, have you ever had a client that maybe sees your work and they're kind of inspired to maybe ask for something out of out of the norm? Do you do you no, get those I kinds don't of actually. Okay. No, everyone seems to be quite quite level headed. It has worked in my advantage though with putting people off certain piercings so i'll get a number of clients coming to me and go do you do the snake eyes piercing and i'm like i, I can do it so i'm not like no mm-hmm. so they're not like well why and then i'm like but you're gonna have a load of problems and they look at me and they're like right this guy looks experienced this guy knows what he's on about i'm gonna trust his advice mm-hmm. If not, then spiritually, I just feel like I need to do this. <laughs> if you can look me in the eye and go, I want this piercing. Mm-hmm. And if I can tell you, after experience of having like Achilles piercing subclavicles, the most dangerous piercings ever, if you can look me in the eye and go, I still want that piercing, then I probably will provide that surface. But I will say, look, the first sign of trouble, you come back. Mm-hmm. And then it'll stop them going somewhere else. Yeah. You know, worst case scenario, they don't have a good time. It's a learning curve, but at least they know they can come back to me, and I will give them the safety and advice. Um, I think in my history, there's only been one, one or two people that have been like, "Yeah, let's do it, let's do it." So I've been like, "Look, first time of trouble, come back. It's not a good idea. I've told you it's not a good idea. I know you'll go find somewhere else or buy a kit offline if I send you away. Mm-hmm. Let's provide a safe space and a safe return for coming back. Well, I wouldn't recommend anyone else do this. I, I think with my appearance and the, the experience of hazardous piercings, I think, I think that only I can really offer that advice. What kind of like insight, advice, caution, whatever, you know, terminology you'd want to, to put it in, what would you tell people if they're kind of thinking like, oh, you can you can pierce the Achilles tendon, you know, you can pierce subclavicular, like what, what would you want people to, to put in their minds before they get to that thought process? My first rule is a body modification should not impede function. Remember that. You know what I mean? It's nice having these really cool, interesting piercings, but if it stops you from functioning, if it stops you from living your life comfortably, it's no longer a really nice piercing. Mm -hmm. It's a disability. Yeah. Um, It's a hindrance. Um, So bear that in mind. Um, The body is really unpredictable bear that in mind too anything can happen I've had some really horrific flare-ups my foot's been really swollen it's been agonizing to walk on um, nothing with this subclavicles um, but something that I would want to, to put out there in the universe yeah, yeah, is yeah. I, I think that you know you lucked out in certain ways I did yeah well I'm a really yeah. good healer my body is really good at healing Well, there's that but there's also the fact that like an artery wasn't nicked or a tendon yeah, wasn't yeah, nicked. Yeah, this is true. So yeah, I was incredibly lucky mm. in that aspect. It's it's caution, you know what I mean? Really think about it. Yeah. Don't just go into it. Don't don't try and be a rock star either. Like the the the, the, the small amount of wow, fame, notoriety you get is just not worth it. People are fickle. They will go, Oh well that's cool for a second and then they'll move on to something else. Mm-hmm. So don't go for it for a rock star element. Go for it because you personally want this. Don't think, oh wow, I'm gonna be admired online because what you will be for like fifteen minutes. And that'll be it. Yeah. Uh, and then, then, then you'll be hit. And then after that, you're just you got, hurt yeah. potentially. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, back back to the thing. You know, it shouldn't impede function, and being alive is also a function. So mm-hmm. it shouldn't be life threatening either. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't cripple you. It shouldn't stop you from eating comfortably. I tried stretching my mandible recently. I would just fell in love with the idea of being able to wear a handcuff through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I got to four mil and had to stop. Um, it started to stretch outwards and give me a double chin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, I'm way too young. And I look after myself way too much to purposely give myself a double chin. Um, 
that needs to come down there was a bit of leakage with it i was like no that's sizing back down it's just it's just not doable mm-hmm. um some some i just don't think are doable you know what i mean i sized down recently from 14 mil to 10 i do not believe that it should go any higher than a 10 really in my opinion uh, i mean i can't even think of one other person in the world that that has that piercing no, let alone i think there was it, a guy so. in australia and he was at a 10. okay um, I was, uh, I could wear a 14 in it, but it would ache. The only, mm. the, the one thing that really took me off guard with having them at 14 is when you go to sleep at night and you lie there with your feet up on your back, you're putting pressure, pressure right on, on that tendon. Yeah. And I found that was causing me like really acute insomnia. Uh, my leg would twitch in the night randomly and wake me I up. I imagine you have all kinds of just issues that you know nobody else would really have a comparable experience for. Same with the really large Delrin transcrotal piece. That was a nightmare to sort of roll around mm. at night, moving that around. I remember stretching up actually when I got to about 40 mil. And I remember driving once and my penis fell into the hole in the transcrotal and I got like a random erection during driving and sweat slightly. Because it, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was really uncomfortable it landing in there and then just suddenly. <laughs> snapping it or bending it awkwardly so um, yeah no a a body mod should not impede function there we go again a body mod should not impede function you need to live comfortably Mm -hmm. you know it's not worth it if it's not giving you your best comfortable life you know what I mean like no fashion it's like getting a really nice pair of shoes that you can't fit in squeezing them onto your feet and then walking around in agony just because they look nice Mm -hmm. Bin them off, get a better, more comfortable pair of shoes. No one cares. <laughs> You're just causing yourself unnecessary pain. Yeah. So that's that's my main tale of caution. Don't cause yourself unnecessary pain. Be safe with it. Mm-hmm. Know your body. Know and understand your body. Um, but also live a healthy lifestyle. A lot of the time when I was going through this extreme modification, I was going through a really hedonistic time in my life. I was taking drinking loads, taking loads of drugs, not giving my body the chance to heal. So I'm quite lucky that it did heal in a respect because it was given a torrent of absolute abuse during the process. You probably have a very strong immune system. Yeah, all yeah, I've certainly been tested. So mm. if you are gonna do these extreme things, Eat healthy, drink lots of water, take lots of vitamin C, just give your body the chance to heal them. Because in the process of getting to this, any attack on your body is gonna, even stuff like fizzy drinks, you know, it's it's on, on a small scale mm. will hinder it only slightly. But if you're doing a multitude of unhealthy things, like eating, how can you expect to heal? Yeah, how can yeah. you expect your body to heal? So if you do decide to go on these more extreme paths, then make sure you're fighting fit. Yeah. That's great advice. You know, I mean, it's not like I would want people to go out there and seek out somebody for no, a no, no, piercing, no, no, but, you know, but from someone you with are, that yeah. experience, yeah, yeah, it's good to, to share your perspective. Um, I think this is a place that's probably good to, to start wrapping it up. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so, uh, again, what kind of information would you want people to have to, to find you online, maybe? So, yeah, my Facebook, Daniel Rutt, R-U-T-T. Um, either drop me a message, it will go in my others folder, but if I know you're chill and you're not just adding me to collect me, then, you know, I, li- I like the fact that you've put in the effort to say, oh, look, actually, I, I am really interested in you as a person mm-hmm. and I've not just randomly added sure. you. Um, studio information? Studio information, chaos underscore rising um, for the Instagram. I have an Instagram, same again, Daniel Rutt. There's not a lot on there. A few manga drawings that I did, a few random paintings I did on drugs <laughs> um, back in the day. Um, Facebook, the Facebook for the business is Cthulhu mm-hmm. underscore rising. You'll find it as this weird little green squid logo. Um, but yeah, probably mainly my personal Facebook, sure. Daniel Rutt. Yeah. You'll find me. I'm dressed in purple. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my profile pictures, I've got a crown and sunglasses. Easy to spot. Easy to spot. You will spot me. Look for the purple. (laughs) All right. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking some time with me to chat about it. Yeah, no, no, that's fun, Ryan. No, thanks, thanks. I like how you're waiting for me to... 
gain a bit of clarity and be so <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> all these years easier to converse. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, 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 no. I don't blame you. I'm glad you did, actually. I don't think this interview would have been the same mm. if I was still in that mindset. You can't. It's difficult for your mind to focus. Yeah. You become more anxious. Mm -hmm. Um, alcohol's a poison. Your body thinks it's being attacked. It breeds anxiety. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not as anxious as I used to be. Good. I, I'm actually loving life. I'm flying high on the happy chemicals that Good. I can produce naturally. And well, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that we can capture yeah. some of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you talking to me. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you go. Daniel Rutt. Uh, someone really interesting to, to see, to talk with, to, to catch up and to really share a different perspective on body piercing, what it is, what it can be. Um, and it's really just, um, it's intense to see some of those piercings like up close and personal and, and you know, that party trick aspect that, that Daniel really likes about it. Um, whenever I go to UK or, or BMX or anything, if you if you're in those environments where you see like the conversations happening, which is always my favorite part of a conference, you'll always find somebody deep in conversation with Daniel, and they have this fascinated look on their face, and um, it's just it's nice to see. It's good to know that Daniel is is out there in the world, keeping a a, a pretty specific version of body piercing uh, alive and and strong. So uh, again, I just want to say thank you to everyone who signed up on Patreon. The response has been pretty overwhelming for, for some of these new videos. So if you're interested in checking them out, uh, I've got those new narrated videos about surface piercings, floating navels, uh, doth piercing coming very soon before the end of November 2021. You can sign up for all that stuff at patreon.com slash RyanPBA, uh, and there's a boatload of other information. For my, my Patreon supporters, I'm going to start trying to do some uh, exclusive question and answer sessions. I'm going to do them from my studio. So if you want to talk about, hey, how do you, how do you bend a needle for this certain piercing? You know, what size jewelry do you use? What tool do you use for this? What kind of client positioning? Let's talk about an aftercare issue, a troubleshooting issue, sterilization, anything shop related. It's going to be an Ask Me Anything session. Uh, live on uh, on Zoom Sunday, December 19th, uh, and I'm aiming for 1 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. So work that out for your own local time zone. Uh, and this is going to be Patreon exclusive. This isn't going to be one of the open access ones, so you need to be a, a Patreon follower. I'm going to share the, uh, the Zoom link uh, on Patreon, and we'll talk about whatever you want. I'll record it, and I'll put that on Patreon for anyone who can't attend the live session. But uh, the AMA stuff, the Q&A stuff, has gotten a really great response in the past, so I think I'm going to do a, a new exclusive one for, for Patreon coming up. So Sunday, December 19th, 2021, mark it down in your calendars, and I would love to see you there. Uh, thank you again to Daniel for talking with me. Thank you to you for listening to me. Uh, and next week, I've got my special episode 200, or I should rather say uh, Lola has a special episode 200 for you, interviewing some guy. So come back next week for episode 200 of the Piercing Wizard podcast. It's kind of ridiculous thinking about I've done 200 episodes of this goddamn podcast. Anyway, thank you very much. And especially thank you if you've listened to all 200 of them. Uh, I'll be back next week. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.